And I'm Karen Wright. It is 9.35. Joining me now, our good friend, Ms. Barb Lampson. Barb, I love this weather. It, we love to be out in it and working. It's kind of like spring when it starts. You know, it's yes. not too hot yet, and it's yes. just perfect to do things. I was telling somebody this is my favorite time of the year, and they reminded me that I told them that in the spring, too. And I said, <laughs> Both of those are my favorite. It's energizing, and it's uh, and there's this the creative juices. You're planning. You're moving things around. You're redesigning your garden beds. You're saying, hey, these things have just gotten too big. We've got to have some airspace in here. And the other thing, I just want to talk about color a little bit. You know, um, maybe I've mentioned this before, but on this program, I had an iris, and it was one that was given to me by Jean Cuddy. And in our area here, she was a great iris grower. She wasn't hybridizing, but she had the most magnificent garden, and garden clubs would go visit her. And she was so generous, she would share iris. And she shared this uh, iris with me, and... Uh, it wasn't, it was, um, it just wasn't very dramatic. It just, it was, it was dark. It looked like the color had bled down from something. It just wasn't great. It was like some of the hutura uh, 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 that we have, that uh, palace purple. Do you know that oh, early yeah. one? Yeah, right. Okay. It's some really a very deep, 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 it, almost black. Well, it's... Some people don't like that. Well, this was it when it starts uh, getting its blooms on it. It it's not dark. It's faded down and then improves. And I thought maybe if I move this over here by uh, one of the coral bells that I had, maybe this this would improve it. And you know, both plants because they were growing side by side when the iris started blooming. It was dynamite. It was absolutely so. It just was the the location, location, location. It as they was, say. and and these colors complement each other, and instead of being two individual plants, it becomes one thing. Oh. It, it one piece of color that your eye goes to, which is so important. So I I have several flocks, and um, they are a variety of colors, and a mass of them. Uh, can become boring, but if you start moving them in with something else, maybe then it'll work like the iris and the coral bell did. It just becomes more than. It's all about the design. Then it's really yeah, it, it really is. It, it you can see it. The textures are important too. But um, so now I've been moving around some of these flocks to put them in with things that are kind of more subdued and and moving them back into the border more than rather up close because they block other things and i always thought i liked that because you know all the years that i spent visiting europe and i would go to gardens i would walk around and you peer over somebody's fence <laughs> and then you know there are these higher things and if you look closer you know you you get to see these little plants and i always thought that was a great look of being able to let your eyes wander like that and discover different yeah. plants so you don't just see it you have to really look Search. for it yeah so now i've changed my mind on that and i've decided <clears throat> Some of these bigger plants that were hiding things, they're going to go back in. Okay. And and so I have been 
digging and improving soil. And here's what I do. I use a five-gallon plastic bucket. And as soon as... I, I have so many of those, Barb. That's like a gardener's tool I know, you can't be without. When I give you something, I give it to you in a five-gallon bucket, and I say, keep the bucket. <laughs> yeah. I, because I stack them up, which they don't take a lot of space, so that's nice. But I take this five-gallon bucket, and I put rainwater in there. And as soon as I get that plant dug, I plop it in there and carry it over to oh, a in shade. The, in the bucket of water? Into that bucket of oh, water, that's a good right. Idea. So it doesn't dry out at all. And then I have the new place ready. And of course, you know, as luck would have it, usually I have to move a couple of things before I can move something else. In. Wait a minute. You dig the hole first. It's ready to put in, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you I should do. always have it ready, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's like... You change your mind. <clears throat> it sounds like if you say, well, I planted... I moved and planted one plant today, but I moved in three plants <laughs> and found new homes for them. I mean, it's just kind of like a domino effect, you know. It is. Uh, so, but I love doing that, and I've been improving the soil and uh, amending it and bringing in organic matter. And I can't believe how dry the soil is. It's terrible, yeah. And I can't believe how much. I thought I had a lot of organic matter in my soil, but some of the areas that are on the south side, they were just chunky. I mean, it wasn't easy to even dig in them. They were just hard and compressed and that. So um, I I really, uh, it's been good to do that this year and now to keep everything watered. So, so, so if you haven't <clears throat> amended your soil, it's probably more like concrete because, I mean, with all that organic stuff, it's a, it's a little softer. I was just thinking, you know, Barb, if you ever moved and somebody came there and didn't like gardening, wouldn't that be such a sad thing because you have that yeah. beautiful rich soil? Same with mine. Like you've gone, yeah. you've gone, you know, forty years working on this, making it so right. nice. That would be just a shame. It, it'll <laughs> go in. It'll go into grass or, or yeah, something. Yeah, that would be yeah. so sad. But um, you know, that's that's just the way it is. I you know. Can't, people, I, I think people are using more plants in their front yards than they ever did before, and people are planting more mixed. Rather than just uh, pure Kentucky bluegrass, I hear people about yeah. what else can I put in? Because they talk about the fescues and the things that don't right. go dry, like with these droughts we're having and things, and they right. can stand that, or even like the clovers. And hopefully we'll get back to being used to that. It's kind of getting used to well, a new... as a matter of fact, you know, the university has been taking the lead in this. Yes. And up at the Arboretum, now they have a bee garden where they show exactly an alternative to this Kentucky bluegrass uh, high maintenance type thing. So And the fescues uh, are a big part of that. They but are, the but they fescues. say a lot of times it's hard to find them because not everybody's selling them. So we have right. to start requesting them and looking for them. Sure. Yeah. And and you know, um I was talking to our extension agent, I was talking to Shane about this and uh, and I was he said, Do you have a bee lawn? And I said, Well yes I do but here's the thing. It's not a certified bee lawn and I don't know what you know what you would even put in there if you do that, but I was telling him what I had and he said, basically these are all the things that go into a bee lawn, including um, dandelions. He said, oh, they're so important for the pollinators early on. And I said, I have dandelions, but they don't have to be something that's causing a problem for your neighbors because 
once they're done blooming, you just take the lawnmower and you cut them off. You don't let them go to seed. And people have to understand that. There are more people that have crabgrass in their lawns this year. Oh, yes. That stuff goes to seed and it spreads all over the whole neighborhood, too. So I'd rather have dandelions and clover and things like that in my lawn. So what should people do with the crabgrass? Because it is overwhelmingly a lot of crabgrass this fall, and I know that a lot of people don't like that. Right. I pull a lot of mine by hand, but, man, that's an awful lot. Uh, You know, I had been digging it because in the front yard we have a swath. Yes. It it just... uh, it makes big swaths. Yes. So David got a thatcher, dethatcher, and he dethatched. And then you can see exactly, uh, you know, the crabgrass. It it gets a long, longer spike on it. Right. It gets seed heads. It flops over. So now that you've got this, uh, this out, and a lot of that came out with that dethatcher, and. Now he has um, put down uh, some soil amendments and seeded it and has uh, a light layer of dried grass over it so to protect it so the birds don't so take grass it. grass clippings. Yep. Yeah, the grass clippings, okay. right, exactly. So now where do you get a dethatcher? Because like most people, like I don't have one. You could, you could rent them. Is that what you do, or yeah, this this one we actually it goes onto the mower, oh, so we bought it. Part of your mower. So I don't really like to buy equipment like this that you right. only use once in a while, but um, uh, I don't know that I would actually even recommend the one that we got. I didn't use it, and David said he didn't think it did the job that he thought it would do. But we have gotten the one that you rent. And also, um, if you're taking out, um, if you're aerating your lawn, that is a big piece of equipment. And you have to have like a truck or a trailer or something to haul it. And then to get it off from your truck or your trailer. Um, so so that is one maybe you want to to get a, a aerator is to, to find a service or something to do that. Because, exactly. you know, I don't have yep. the room to put all kinds no. of equipment. No. I don't have a tractor or anything no. like that. Yeah, so that, that's really a good idea. How but important so, do you think it is to do the aeration, especially with oh, this I think year? it's really important because okay. the soil is so compact. And now? So it takes out these like little Like right plugs. now or wait a little? No, no. You should do it right now. Yep, exactly. Okay. There is a... Uh, the window of opportunity for planting grass is now and it's soon going to be over. And then they say, wait, and if you're going to seed late uh, so that it comes up in the spring, that you have to wait on. But if you want to get it up now, you better get it in. So it gets a little start. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And, and look for um, just for anything other than just all bluegrass. Right, fescues. Yep. Yeah, you can have some, but it doesn't have to be all of them. So that's what's what's really important. You know, something else we're thinking about, um, you know, getting things ready for winter. When I talk to my son and he says it's snowing in Alaska, oh, I think... don't even say that. <laughs> I know. And how he's, he's prepping for winter. I saw uh, uh, an ad in the paper, and it was promoting uh, cones... A plant protectors that are cone shaped. Oh, and some are like styrofoam, styrofoam. and some are kind of like a paperish. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're like big, big upside down garbage cans. Sure, sort of they call them plant protectors. And there's one here that's made out of 
uh, recycled paper. Well, that shouldn't influence you to buy it because for the most part, the University of Minnesota for roses, they don't recommend them because if you cut your rose down, you have this wood on top and you have this, this container, the, the uh, air inside that cone heats up on those hot days and that is not good for the woody part of that plant. So I wouldn't do that. You might have found some other uses for it. I don't know. I do know they blow in the wind. You have to weight them down with something. And again, you've got storage. After and it's not going to be good to leave it through the winter because I don't think that's enough, really, if you you need to shelter your right. plant because you've just still got all that. It's just cold air in there. Yeah. And here's the thing with, with our plants nowadays. All of the the roses are grown on, they're grafted onto uh, old rootstock so that the rootstock that's the hardy part, but the part you want to protect is the part that's above ground there where the where it's grafted on. If that gets frozen, then you just have a plant coming up that's that's from the rootstock, which generally doesn't bloom. It's just you're going to get foliage and, and branches, but not nothing more than that. So what do you use instead, Barb? You just I always have a bag of compost that I are a wheelbarrow full and I bring it out and I um, at the base of the plant I bring it up so that I I know that I'm covering where that graft is at you can see it on a plant and and heap it up in there but I wait to do that until I would say um, the end of October so after the first freeze? Yeah, or easily. When or yeah, what, do you yeah. wait till the ground is hard necessarily? No, no, no I okay. do not. I do not. No, because, you know, you just don't know. So sort of after the leaves have frozen maybe and fallen off? or is Yes, that the best? and I've cut it back. I, I take off some of that you, top growth. You cut your roses back in, before they freeze then in the winter? Uh, not exactly. When they when uh, they look like they start dropping their leaves, okay. that's when I cut them back. How you, far do you cut them back? Because I've never done that. I usually wait till spring before I cut right. anything off, and usually a lot on the top is dies anyway. I I take and leave um, enough. So I mean, uh, I would say I take twenty five percent off, okay. and then in the spring. If I still think this is really too big, I'll take another, you know, after it gets growing, I'll take maybe another 5 or 10% off. Because so, usually in the spring, most of the tops of my roses die, you know, anyway. Yeah, they're yeah. brown. And they're brown, right, yeah. right. You know, you should examine rose canes, too. Uh, there is a cane borer that will get in there. But when you have make a fresh cut, and what you have to do is you have to seal that off. And I've always sealed that off with fingernail polish. Just, you, you make the cut, so you've got this little um, area that's exposed right on the top. Cover. When do you do that then? Uh, immediately. So so if you cut them down this fall, you would take and seal it then? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. But the uh, that rose borer isn't as um, active now. Uh, it's when it's actively growing in the spring and summer that you're going to always, you should cover those cuts. You just gave me one more thing to worry about, Barb. Well, it's it's... <laughs> And my friend was telling me she she has a David Austin rose. So do I. I love and it. She said uh, people will stop and ask her. Yeah. It's a yellow one. 
where she got it, what mm-hmm. kind it is. And she had a nursery man over, and he was doing some landscaping for her. And he said, that is the most gorgeous rose. I can't find a really good yellow rose for my customers. And she told him it's David Austin. And she was telling me this, and I said, of course, Nancy, you bought the best. I mean, that's they, they, that's an older rose, and they are just really excellent. And I've got the James Galway, that's the variety, and mine is the pink. And each one has from 130 to 180 petals per rose, so they are just these really dense. And mine's a climbing one, so I have it going over my arbor in, sure, in, the, sure. in the garden, and it's just <coughs> beautiful. But, you know, I was thinking that it would come back because it's a climber. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that it would come back by its stems, but it died all the way back. Okay, so here's something with a climber in Minnesota. You really should take it off the, the trellis and bend it down. Lay it down on the soil and cover that with all your mulch, all your leaves and that. Oh, my gosh, all like 12 feet of it? You bet. You oh, bet. Good. Should I just, couldn't I just like trim it back or something? Well, you could, but you know, you're probably trying to get it to cover. But your it arbor. does. But you know, the thing is, it 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 went all the way back. So this summer, it covered it again. It's I just don't know if that will work. How do you untangle it from your your trellis? <laughs> it's so. Well, you just make these. You know, when you when you secure it on the trellis, you make ties in that. Oh, mine's intertwined though, because it's a, got it intertwining. Yeah. So well. Maybe you just have to live with it dying back and starting over again. Because, you know, I was out there in the winter. I took, before winter, and I took and wrapped it with cloth. You know, I had this oh. all this whole thing, and then it yeah. died back anyway. I'm like, well, that didn't really That's work. That's not enough. No. But at no. least, you know, it came back, and it's it's climbed up the top. So I guess it sure. grows fast enough. So yeah. I guess you just have to accept that it's not going to be as heavy or thick as maybe some other places would Why be. Why don't you just try working with one long stem? And just lay that one down on the ground, cover it up, and then you've got green to put up there, and it'll start all over again, and then the rest of them will catch up with it. Well, maybe I'll try that, and we'll report back and see how that works, if it works. Okay. You know what else? I have been shopping, and I bought 96 spring bulbs. Shocked, Uh, I'm sure. Right. And I got home with them, and I took a look at all of them. You know, it's like a kid with their Halloween candy. I'm, I'm spreading out these packages and looking and writing and recording what I bought, and and deciding where they're going to go. And I thought, 96, I'm going to have to move a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is going to be a, a big job. I better get see, business. You're like me. You see something, you buy it, and then later you're going to go you're like, where do I put this? I, I actually only bought 12 daffodils. I love them so much, but I have quite a few. I love them because the deer don't get them. That's it. And you know, the moles, moles don't eat them. The rabbits don't eat them. It's a good plant. But here's the thing. I... I'm looking for different ones. Right. So I, I can't just keep repeating King Arthur because I, I love that one, but I have it all over. So so I, I've got those planted. Now when I go home today, I have, let's see, 84 more to plant. So, and, and the thing is, um, you have to, once you plant them, and you're going to use some um, uh uh, amendments to the soil, keep it as loose as possible, and also phosphorus. Phosphorus is what builds the whole plant. It it enhances the number of blooms you get. It's the blooms are improved, the leaves are improved. So not nitrogen. You don't put nitrogen. So you could buy for organic. You could buy bone meal. That's that's very good. 
and um, and and some potash that would be good too and put that in work that in but don't put your bulbs touching whatever this amendment is put a layer of soil between that so they can grow down into that phosphorus into that potash and that's how they'll take it up and it doesn't move in the soil it's not like nitrogen so it stays right there and it'll be available for your plant so um, I would suggest uh, get out and take a look Um, I was surprised there was a couple of tulips that I wanted to get and they had had them but they were now gone so and, and that's the thing you you got to get them early because if there's something you really really want uh, that's same with ordering online if you look online a lot of times they'll say out of stock out of stock and you're like oh sure. I guess I, sure. I waited too long and I bought a bunch of bulbs too but see my thing is I'm starting a new garden section out at the lake house I have um, expanded it so I put cardboard over the grass and I have covered it with um Uh, compost and so now I'm going to be digging it anyway to plant new things so I figured well I'll just plant bulbs at the same time since I'm already digging it up right so so to me that's like I won't really have to move anything I've got it right right that's that's the best thing I wanted to just say you know we talk about extending our garden season when uh, about August when things have been dying back and things you can start well in our onion patch where we had 200 onions we had harvested those and so we had this vacant spot it was 10 by 10 foot and um and david planted cucumbers in there because our cucumber plants did not do much and they died they got the cucumber disease that happens first time that's ever happened so and the cucumbers are doing well now they're producing uh uh cucumbers which is very very nice he also planted radishes and um they're they're not like um uh a bell like uh that small red ball shaped bell cherry i guess it's called a cherry and um but it's more of an elongated one absolutely delicious and mild and wonderful so we're gonna forget about planting uh, radishes in the spring when you're so busy anyway. Right. Do them in August and and water them. The other thing I planted at home were the Italian flat beans, and um, I have them trellised up um, on a support and then onto the fence. They've done amazingly well. I have all the green beans that I want. Oh, so good. so I I mean there are things we can do. We just have a mindset of doing what we've always done. Right. You and have you have to, you know, get out of that up. mold. Yeah, and try something different. And yes. I'm going to be trying garlic. I bought some garlic bulbs and I haven't Great. put them in yet. So now I should be putting them in now, right? Absolutely. Get them in, water them. Same as you would any other bulb. Be sure and mark them well so you know where they're at. I'm thinking of putting them in my raised bed. Do you think that will be a, yeah. a good thing? Because that way, because there are other plants who don't play well as they say get along because of whatever's in the garlic root Mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to watch out with companion planting so I figure if they're on their own in their own um, raised bed that's like a one foot wide by three and a half foot long they should be pretty good yeah they'll be great just 
put until they start showing some growth. Be sure and keep them marked because it's easy to. Well, think, in this bed, if they're the only things there, it won't matter. Really. Oh yeah, exactly. That'll be great. Well, but I will th- try but that. they're a good companion. I've uh, raised garlic with flowers. Oh, okay. With annuals, with perennials. But other vegetables, I know they say they can, and then with onions sure. too. There's something you should not plant together. So yeah, yes, yes, that's true. But garlic is one of those things that once you have it and you've grown it yourself, it is so much better than anything you're going to buy in the store. And, and I didn't know what kind to get because um, I went to drummers and they had all these different kinds so I just took a few cloves of everything and I figured sure. I'll just see what comes I, I raised the hardneck and it's the French hardneck and it's it's wonderful it's a great keeper um, I always when I see my kids I bring garlic for them oh, nice. and uh, we all love to cook and um, last week I made uh, a soup and uh, we had it when we were in Italy and it's they call it uh, uh, Italia Supa, Supa. Uh-huh. And it's got all kinds of vegetables in it, and it's got all kinds of herbs, and uh, just so good. It tastes like um, you would think of some of the seasoning that goes into pizza. Very, very good. And they put wine in it, but I did not put any wine in it because I didn't want to open up a bottle just for one cup and then it would go flat. Oh, well, you could have just drank it. Yeah, I could have, but I don't <laughs> drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, anyway, so a good weekend to get out. I, yes. I Hey, one more we'll go, thing. Go ahead. Tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Congregational Church. Oh, yes, Sustainable Fair. Yes, Sustainability. That's right. Yeah. That's on the corner of Stadium and Stoltzman Road. You just go right down Stadium from here and at right at the corner there, and that's the Congregational Church. I'm going to be talking about... Uh, uh, composting. composting. And you are one of many speakers on many topics. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I have some wonderful handouts. That, that It's so simple to compost. And it's time to think about that because we've got leaves coming. They're worth their weight in gold as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. They're the brown ingredient that we need. They, they provide the carbon. And then we've got grass, grass clippings, and all those other green things. That's the nitrogen. And I tell you what, by next spring, you'll have some really great compost if you start now. And when? what time did you say you were on? 1 o'clock to, to 3 o'clock. Okay, yeah, I see that. It's, it's taking place first, Congregational UCC Church. That's down the hill from, from campus here. Um, Saturday, looking, it says beekeeping, backyard composting, which is barb, organics recycling, organic gardening and farming, butterfly gardens, sustainable hygiene products, water quality, renewable energy, and more. Um, what a great opportunity to go down there. It's free. And yeah, and free, then they're having free, 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 free nature walks at the Rasmussen Woods, which is right down there as well at 115 and 215. So that sounds like a really lot of fun. Thank and you. And I'm sure the weather's going to be great. So, yeah. Yeah, well, go see Barb and say hi. Yes, great. We'd be looking forward to seeing them. Thank you, Barb. Always great to have you. Bye-bye. All right, it is one minute past